And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Animaniacast. Blast that intern. If she's seen you, she knows too much. Oh, this is all my fault. Remember when you asked if I would rather fly or be invisible and I said fly? Well, I've been paying for it ever since. You must think fast, Pinky. Are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Brain. But what does a steam-powered giraffe even eat? Welcome, everybody, once again to another episode of the Animated Cast. This is the podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs, as well as other shows that are in the Rugerverse, such as Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky in the Brain, and Freakazoid. But today we are talking about episode three of the Animaniacs reboot. I had to look at my notes again real quick. Like, are we one, two, or three? What, what episode is this? Number three. I am Joey, and joining me once again are my co-hosts, my brother Nathan. I'm also known as Grilled Cheese Art. And across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. We're going to be talking about another episode of the Animaniacs reboot. Very exciting. This one features three segments. Gold Meddlers, Pinko and the Brain, and Masterpiece Theater. Apples. <laughs> you have a little lisp there. Master, masterpiece. <laughs> well, please please don't shame me for my lisp. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Gilly? Sorry. I, I used to sound like that when I was a kid. I, I would say <laughs> H instead of S's. So oh. my, my mother sent me to speech class. And... <laughs> so, and it all started because you said masterpiece theater. I was watching PBS. I used to say wabbit, too. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, like it started with an art, rabbit. <laughs> so, I, I did teach myself how to talk, apparently. Sign that you're watching perhaps too many cartoons. I don't know. <laughs> Kill the wabbit. Well, uh, if someone were to ask you, what, how would you describe this uh, episode in just a few words? Uh, what would you tell them, Nathan? Um, it's like going to the Olympics in 2020. Oh, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> and, and Kelly, what about you? It, it could really have benefited from some John Williams Olympic music. Ah, yes. No way they could get the rights on that, though. They couldn't um, even say the word Olympics in this. Because that's, that's like true. A, they had to say the Greek Games. This is not Wonka Willie's Playtime. This is the Greek Games. Which the, is it's the word Olympics copyrighted? I yeah, know. yeah. They're they're. I think I think it, they they in fact shut down a lot of uh, even educational things that use the word Olympics in them. Um, I think a lot of times they have to use Olympiad or, or things like that and to get around it. But the yeah. word Olympics, um, you know, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but. I think I've heard a few times where the, you can't use the rings. You can't say the. Yeah, I think the rings are definitely copyrighted. Yeah, but copy the word written? Olympics. Yeah, yeah. copywritten? Copywritten? 
Uh, they have, you can't use the rings, and I think you can't really use the name out of context either. Like for well, be safe, they probably just stayed as far away as they could. Yeah. Um, but you like yeah. listen to like commercials. Or, I mean, this year we couldn't, but next time around the Olympics, uh, listen to like commercials, and they'll say like you know the your only favorite t- athlete, and yeah, yeah, the only gold way star that, Olymp- <laughs> yeah, gold star world Olymp- like world star athlete. Yeah. yeah, the only way that you're going to get into the games is with Visa or something well, that's like with, that. Uh, the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Oh, they, have, they you don't even say Super Bowl now. They can't they? say, yeah, they say the, Super the Bowl big is game. Trademarked. Yeah, the big game. If you want to get in the game, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah. Super so, Bowl is also trademarked. So um, today was the Greek games. See how closely I follow the sports. We did a, it was a Greek episode last week, and then, like, it seems like they could have almost combined, like, I feel like Tom Ruger would have maybe combined these two, maybe. Yeah, since they're both like Greece. Yeah, I, I I agree that the the themes have been pretty weak on this uh, season, at least yeah. so far in the so ones far. that we, we've seen. Um, um, there's some there's a Halloween episode which has a theme throughout, of course. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, but, but overall, <laughs> there there's been no consistent like oh these have a nice little connecting theme throughout each one of them, which is I mean the first episode was all about going from the '90s to. 2020 i guess yeah so that one did have a little bit of a theme so yeah i stand corrected there we go boom there's only a third (laughs) well this episode premiered of course on november 20th of 2020 and nathan go ahead and hit us with our november 20th trivia this is the fan favorite segment okay so in honor of the olympics i'm going to tell you about florida batston uh she was born on november 20th uh, 1900, so that's our connection. Uh, she was the, an American hurdler and the captain of the United States team at the Women's Olympics in Paris in 1922. But uh, she sprained her left ankle during the practice, and she still won the qualifying heat, but failed to finish the final because she fell over from her. Oh, poor hurdler. But still, baby. she was born on this date, and that was an Olympic uh, thing. There's the connection. The big connection. There you go. <laughs> I don't think that'll be in any Jeopardy questions. It but. could be, though. If you're ever taking uh, like, who was the 1922 team captain of... <laughs> wow. Hope we help somebody out someday. Um, well, let's go ahead and get right into our discussion of today's episode. And we're going to start off with gold meddlers we're gonna have to become gold meddlers title of the sketch title of the sketch and gold meddlers was written by greg white and will wellesley wild i'm not gonna say wellesley this time wellesley wild yeah you just did damn it (laughs) um it's directed by brett varen and kelly why don't you tell us what happens here in gold meddlers Okay, the Warners are camping, and they want s'mores, but they don't have any chocolate. But then they realize they're kind of in the middle of the Greek games, and there's this, uh, I don't know, Hans and Franz look-alike, sound-alike, Niels Needhart, who is this mega-athlete, and he says he's going to win everything, and he's going to, he throws them out of the stadium, and, of course, that means Warner. And so they come back and they decide to challenge him to individual events. They go against him in the 
high jump and which that one ended up being a they made him think it was like a limbo dance so he goes under and then dot goes over and then they do um and i'm getting the out of order but they, they do volleyball and spike him in the head with the ball i can't watch i can they did the um discus was it discus event is that what it's called yeah discus when you like absolutely this. positively have to throw a plate yes. which i think was i guess a reference to the fedex commercials that if it has absolutely positively has to be there overnight well that goes, goes after it like a dog i mean it's like barking and stuff and catches it like a frisbee and brings it back and um i feel like there's another event or two but anyway ping like, pong, i think ping pong was in there right yeah and then that that was um wacko as well and he ate the ping pongs and then shot them back at meals and they kind of would switch places, and so there'd be two in the announcer's booth, and they always got Neil's name wrong, and they, they mispronounced it incorrectly on purpose. I see his name is Bill's Beefheart. A common mistake. Bill's Beefheart was his father. Tragic story there. But this guy's name is Grilled Cheese Art. Ahoy! And then whoever wasn't in the booth was, was going against him in the games, and so they won every medal, and he kept getting angrier and angrier. And so they have all the medals and they thought the medals were chocolate covered uh, or, you know, like foil, gold foil chocolate or something. And then they realize it's not actually chocolate because they still want the s'mores. And so Niels wants the medals. So they take a truckload of the medals and dump them on them. And he won't relinquish any of them. You know, they say, well, they're, they're too heavy for you. And he ends up being crushed under the medals and falls all the way down to hell. Uh, Nils, the medals, they're too heavy. Quick, get rid of them! <laughs> Never! I'm keeping them forever! Okay, have it your way. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and and there you go. So he he goes down to hell or Hades, although we might say hell because I guess the brain said hell in this episode. So I guess that's I free game. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but he got a, a reasonably good score, I suppose, when he went to hell. So good for him there. <laughs> well, yeah, there's the score was six six six. Oh I, yeah, see, you know, it's not that great. Yeah. But down there, it's good. Yeah, that's going to upset a lot of people. It's like the top score you could get, I think. But I, I can see people getting really upset. Of, you know, that's like, isn't that the, the sign of the beast or the number? Yes, of- it is. Yes. And, well, um, maybe. It could, there's, they found a different tablet, and maybe it's just six blank six. So it could be any number in between, maybe. I don't know. Oh, really? I mean, I, I know people that wouldn't let their kids watch Harry Potter. So, um, you know, putting 666 in the episodes. That might that might have turned some people off of the Animaniacs reboot right there. Maybe. Well, well. At any rate, let's go <laughs> ahead and talk about some of the references that they go over. Um, there, really, there's not too many of them. I mean, obviously, they're referencing the Greek Games, aka the Olympics that we talked about, which uh, you know were going to be in 2020 when they were originally writing this episode, and of course, those got canceled. So, you know, no longer as uh, uh, 
timely <laughs> as they would have hoped. Um, at one point, Niels uh, mentions uh, Wonka's Willie's Playhouse, uh, kind of a combination, I suppose, of uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse and Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Uh, the mime from Mime Time is on here. The moonwalk. I mean, the. I mean, if, you know, obviously they, they mention it. They mention the moonwalk. Of course, that's the Michael Jackson dance. Then perhaps the the most obscure one that we could find was really when they said Burt Reynolds when Niels kind of does this kind of. Uh, I don't know how how would you uh, he kind of lounges down in midair like like he's laying down out a shirt. I yeah. mean he's. In a bathing suit, so of course he's in a bathing shirt, suit. But, but Burt Reynolds, uh, famously uh, back, I guess this was in the seventies, was on. Uh, it was in Playgirl. It was the centerfold of Playgirl magazine. So yeah, there you go. You can, you can if you really want to see a hairy man laying on a dead animal of some sort. What is that? A tiger or something in the? Yeah, I guess it always reminds me of George Costanza on <laughs> Seinfeld. Whenever I see that, yeah, it's, it's the just first thing I think. Harry Burt Reynolds looking so happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's see the light cavalry. Nathan, you were putting down here that the light cavalry overture. We got music notes in here. Light cavalry overture. This was from the Wikipedia, which oh, okay. I did hear the Wacko's World where they mentioned yeah, Wacko's yes. World. Yakko's World does make a thing because Wacko talks about oh, you know, being basically jealous of, uh, you know. Mr. United States Canada thing that comes up again. Mm -hmm. Ah, equestrian. The event where the horse does all the work and the human takes all the credit. You know a lot about taking all the credit, Mr. Countries of the World song. The monkey song, however, I did not hear. I didn't hear it either, but... um, But According to the wiki, it's it's in there. And that's Um, all stuff for... um, What's what's their faces? Wait, um, don't tell... uh, Tell me what what their names were. Um, Composers... Steve, um, and, Steve Julie. and Julie Bernstein. Yes, yes. All right. They, they that's all courtesy of them. Yeah, they they they're funny. It helps the episodes. <laughs> uh, Bill Nye is sort of making a cameo, or at least a caricature of him, isn't it? I think they just call him science science guy, science guy or something. In yeah, the, I don't think they the say science guy. I think oh yeah, maybe scientist. I think they scientist. Just him. Yeah, which. So they had a, a guy who sounded a lot like Bill Nye, but unfortunately it was not Bill Nye. I would have really liked to hear actually Bill Nye do his thing, but it wasn't. You know, technically, we're all matter, made of star stuff. That's what's so remarkable. This is not Ted's talk. Go away, planet man. All right. See you around the cosmos. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, th- there's, a, there's some interesting stuff, some amusing stuff that goes on in this uh, segment. So let's go and talk about that. Uh, Nathan, what were some things that you saw that you thought were funny? Um, I liked when they're doing their announcements and making funny names for Nils Nyhart. Nils Nyhart? What is it? (laughs) Needhart? Yeah, something like that. Needhart. Yeah, like whenever I hear his name, I always think of um, uh, Nival Nose Nest, you know. (laughs) And I keep going like, is there like, is there a a joke like Nival Nose Nest that but no, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, that would be cool if it well, was based I mean, on something. I mean, it might be based on something. Even Nival Nose Nest, we didn't know at the time, was based upon Fifle Goes West. Exactly. Well, I didn't know that, and you know, I know all the things about Fifle. Yeah. So I mean, of course, that was like the uh, you know the Ruger boys were apparently, apparently came up with that joke of Nival Nose Nest, and uh, Tom Ruger thought it was such a funny name that he 
words that he put into the last episode of Animaniac. So there you go. But yeah, I couldn't figure out any kind of funny pun with that name. And maybe they said it in one of the many jokes about his name since they say like six jokes about his name. So maybe one of them was what it was based off of. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, Let's see. Uh, uh, You know, Kelly, any, any parts that you thought were particularly amusing in this one? I liked that the Neil's neat heart sort of reminded me of Hans and Franz. But alas, the girly man is a formidable opponent. That's right. But hear me now and believe me later. We can easily crush girly men like grapes. That's right. And make a nice dry white wine. Savignon girly. I used to like them as a kid. Liked them a lot. Pump you up, sir. I feel like he was sort of an homage to them. And I I thought it was funny. Again, it was already mentioned, but when when whack. Wacko got upset, or you know, about you know, oh, Mister Countries of the World kind of thing. I like the uh, I like the you know little throwaway lines. I mean, the, Wacko says, "Oh, I found myself in Paris," and he you know shows the picture of himself sure. with himself in Paris, um, and then has a callback to it later in the episode. Uh, there's a the the Pegasus, of course, was you know kind of amusing, although uh, it was kind of. I don't know. I, I saw it in the trailer. So. We saw it in the trailer. I thought they were going to go My Little Pony with it, and they went Pegasus, which I get because, you know, the Greek, Greek stuff. Yeah. But it Although it was a very My Little Pony-ish Pegasus, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was a oh, unicorn. And the, the animals that may, you know, I guess it turned pe- people into animals, I think. Yeah, magically they, turns them into cute animals. They reminded me of the Lisa Frank um, holders. You know, yeah. Yeah. Other guys, you don't know. You don't know who Lisa Frank. Is. Well, I do. I take uh, no. Hello Kitty, right? No, Lisa oh, Frank. <laughs> Lisa Frank. This Lisa Frank actually had her uh, uh, factory here in Tucson. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You, you, Nathan, you could see it by the, on the way to the airport. The big rainbow. I mean, I remember it being a thing. I just uh, I never had Lisa yeah. Frank because the Lisa of the boy. Frank building used to be this big rainbow colored factory. It was crazy. It was right on right on the south side of Tucson <laughs> by the airport. Supplies and I mean, Hot Topic I think still sells some of her stuff. It's um, very yeah. retro and hip to like the over-the-top stuff of Lisa Frank. I think still a few things I noticed that I, I would have changed. Um, Dot in this it uses the paddle ball, which I'm like, number one, she shouldn't be doing that. That's Yakko's. Mm-hmm. That that should have been a Yakko joke. She like. she learned how in the last twenty years, I guess. <laughs> Perhaps uh, I also did like the. Um, I think Corey Burton was the voice actor who did the announcer. Uh, those were kind of little cute jokes, like you know, ping, you know, ping pong, tennis for the unathletic, yeah. or volleyball is for the tall people who can't dribble. Yeah. Uh, like those were like little cute jokes, but uh, really it was just a collection of just amusing stuff in here. I didn't, I didn't really find anything in this first cartoon that really made me laugh out loud. There was just a kind of a lot of. Okay, that's amusing. And I got to be honest, I really felt this one dragged on way longer than it should have. I just think that some events should have been cut. Um, to be perfectly honest, this one just really, really felt longer than it needed to be. Hmm. Um, I do like that they gave him gold medals at the end, you know, because I was feeling bad for him by the end. I'm just like, he, like, he just, he's doing well in these 
things. It's not like he's doing bad at this. Yeah, he was. It's not like I mean, he was kind of a jerk pushing people out of the way. Yeah, uh, but he's also like good at the sports, so I think that should be rewarded in some sense, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't necessarily. So, that's true. It seems like if if usually the Warners, it's would, not like he was cheating, um, right? Exactly, and usually like the Warners would go after somebody like him if at the beginning of the episode he. Well, he did throw them. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, so he but, did. I, and not to say he didn't have anything coming to him, but um, yeah. I still am glad that he got some gold medals. Um, <laughs> if you like Nils, uh, he might make another appearance later this season. So keep an eye out. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are. Once again, I am Hans. Yeah, I am Franz, and we, we are here to pop. You are. Yes. Well, let's go ahead and get to the next segment right here. This is Pinko and the Brain. And Pinko and the Brain was a story by Jess Latcher and Andrew Barbot or Bobbert. I got to figure out how to pronounce those two names. Teleplay was by Kathleen Chen, Brian Polk, and Wesley Wilde, and was directed by Brett Varon and Katie Rice. And Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in Pinko and the Brain? All right. The year is 1953, and uh, Pinky and the Brain are given as a, a lobbyist gift, I guess, to a, a Senator Garp. And, uh, well, obviously, they're not going to be there for very long. Uh, they trick Garp into playing with a fire truck outside, and then Brain takes on the identity of Senator Garp by getting into a giant mechanical suit that, for some reason, is already in the room. Yeah, that was a little confusing. <laughs> there was a lot. There, already, I'm thinking, wait a minute, was this man, the lobbyist, was he in on this? What's going he on? He must have been. Like, like, the fact that he put the... You know, oh, this mouse can do a switchboard. That's all I can do. Like, yeah, right. No, I think I think this this lobbyist is the real genius. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> no, I don't know. And then hid this robot suit in this master plan. Yeah, Garp's painting. I don't know. Okay. Uh, the idea, though, uh, is Brain's going to blackmail every other senator so, until he's the last one, and then he can take over the world. So. Using this suit, I will masquerade as Garp and blackmail every senator with a campaign of lies and deception until I get my way. But, Brain, you always told me that lying makes hair grow on your palms. In politics, Pinky, lies are just facts that haven't been repeated enough yet. And if you don't believe that now, you will soon, because lies are just facts that haven't been repeated enough yet. He he starts off by blackmailing this one senator who is picking their nose, and then he put it on the... Lincoln Memorial, I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> pictures. It, was a, it was a statue of Lincoln, at a least. Sta- yeah, that's what it was. So um, and so that one, he, he did it. He's blackmailed that guy. And then uh, and his assistant, Garp's assistant, I should say, uh, comes up to the brain. And uh, brain doesn't know who this woman is, obviously, because he's not actually Garp. But uh, her name is Bree. She's going to be a little bit of an issue, but he doesn't remember her name. Uh, he accidentally remembers everyone else's name. Because there's a person named Guy, there's a page, and there's a no name. Like uh, that page over there. Ha, <laughs> sorry, my name is Paige, with an I, but I'm still taking it. Fine, like that no name. <laughs> so, funny story. Silence! So he still doesn't really remember Bree's name. But Bree finds him talking to Pinky in the room, uh, you know, in the next scene, 
And she's like, oh my gosh, there's a mouse. Garp is friends with mice. And then he's like, no, that wasn't a mouse. This is my Italian friend. Aloha. And uh, there's a whole, you know, I Bree saying like, oh, you kind of look like a mouse too now that I think about it. And Gar- Senator Garp, who's actually the brain, <gasps> says, no, I hate mice more than anyone else. In fact, I'm going to, if there are any mice, I'm going to find them and Get rid of them. So he starts doing a whole mouse hunt and taking out all the senators because he keeps claiming that they're, you know, mice. Psst, hey, Brian, isn't it true? And correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't we mice? It's the oldest rule of politics, Pinky. When you're the target, create a bigger target somewhere else. We need a scapegoat. Oh, a scapegoat! Oh, Brian, Brian, can we keep him? I promise to feed him and walk him and do goat noises with him. In disguise, uh, the first one actually looked a lot like a mouse, which kind of was surprising. <laughs> <laughs> he even uh, locked up a bunch of kids that had kind of like they kind of reminded me of the kids from Big no- Big Nose Noodle Noggin, mm-hmm. like uh, ears. Yes. I'm sure they were maybe... supposed to be Mouseketeers, but this was this was pre 1955 with the Disney Disney. Yeah. Line, so when was when was Mouse Ears and Noodle Noggin? What year was that? Like 1940s, right? 19 19- uh, Big Ears Noodle Noggin was. I don't know. I, I'm going to say that was the big Einstein, e- right? Yeah, I'm going to say they're the Big Ears Noodle Noggin. Yeah, I think I think it makes sense time wise. So this is <laughs> well, well, which he's makes frozen. also zero sense because in that case they're both not only hosting a TV show but they're also senators at the same time. No, he was he was frozen. I think at that time, right? Like, oh sure, that's right. He, this he is froze TV himself place. and went. <laughs> So there's a frozen brain and pinky somewhere. Oh, this yes. Is, they took their time. Well, they're not time lords, but they use the TARDIS to. Right. They hop yeah. along with the Warners every now exactly. and then. Exactly. They can go wherever they want. <laughs> Anywho, I forget where I was at. Uh, <laughs> they're locking up people. They're locking up everyone. Oh, my gosh. Everyone's getting locked up. Uh, and in fact, everyone has been locked up. The brain is now the only one in Congress. Uh, but he finds Bree is still around his uh, Senator Garb's assistant, she's going through some paperwork, and he's like, hey, we still have to deal with her. So he then says that she's a mouse! And because her name is Bree, she must like cheese, and she's from Wisconsin, where it's also a cheese. Sure, we love cheese, but why wouldn't we? It's melty and delicious. You can have it in, in a casserole, sprinkle it on your chili. Now, I'm just a simple girl from Wisconsin, but in my opinion, being anti-cheese is downright anti-American. What do y'all think? Wait, you can't question my loyalty. My chief of staff will vouch for me. Bonjour. And Pinky's like, uh, yes, you're American brain. I mean, Garp. And then Pinky actually confesses that they're both mice. So brain shoots off into the uh, ceiling and crashes into the Washington Monument. And that's how it ends. The end. Um, <laughs> there was uh, there was some little references in here. I mean, obviously the the uh, this is referencing a lot of the Red Scare from the nineteen fifties, uh, where instead of uh, the McCarthy hearings, I guess we have the Garp hearings, perhaps. Um, Schlockheed Martin, of course, is Lockheed Martin. I shall make her a you're doing a great job, Bree Cake. Make it a devil's food cake, Pinky, because I am going to put her through hell. Uh, let's see. We got uh, the word "hell" being mentioned by Brain, <laughs> which uh, I think the folks in the wiki 
said that this is the second time that this has happened because uh, technically he kind of said it in the Pinky and the Brain Halloween special. Um, although, yeah, although think, it's more like hello, right? Or what did he say? Help? Uh, help. I can't remember. I think he was saying he was in the middle of saying help, but it got cut off to hell. Uh, in the Pinky the Brain special. So sort of, he's kind of. But I thought one of the coolest things was just when he gets in the human suit uh, again that uh, Steve and Julie Bernstein, they put in that wonderful kind of mechanical music that you hear first in like Win Big when he moves those little gears, but, which that was a nice little nostalgic uh, touch uh, mm-hmm. for fans, I think. They also referenced uh, journalist Edward R. Murrow, uh, who had a signature catch line of "Good night and good luck," and I think in in this he says something like "Good fight and die good" or something like that. <laughs> Until tomorrow, night and night good. Something along those lines. So you know that was around again the McCarthy hearing. There was actually a movie uh, about uh, this in 2005, "Good night and good luck," that deals with the McCarthy hearings and uh, Edward R. Murrow reporting on this stuff so there you go at any rate directed by george clooney uh which i've never seen but that is according to wikipedia uh any moments in this one that you thought were amusing funny etc let's go to kelly i liked i like that they brought the big suit back yes i i agree um and um i I thought Brain looked funny with the glasses. <laughs> Although he's yeah. hundred times for his head. Yeah, I did like that line of you know of how you know you you look really pale and your head is smaller. Did your your head is a lot smaller? It, that Bree was a lot. Um, you know, it was a nice I guess adversary for the brain in this. Although it was very weird after he this is the 1950s. Go get me some ham and mayonnaise or something like that instead mm-hmm. of this coffee that she proceeded to every time she had to think about something, she would dip her finger into mayonnaise and put it into her mouth, which was, that was gross. Cause yeah. I hate mayonnaise and yeah. I definitely wouldn't eat mayonnaise by itself. I never eat mayonnaise. If somebody gives me something at a fast food restaurant with mayonnaise on it, I cannot eat it. I can't even scrape it off because it's still there. Yep. <laughs> you can't get rid of that stuff. Apparently it was big in the fifties. I don't know. Ham and mayonnaise. I, I think the, the, just the joke that it's you know unhealthy stuff is in the fifties. It's, it's okay. kind of a joke you would see like in the Brady Bunch movie, you know, like mm-hmm. like yeah. Um, they didn't show smoking, which is good, but that would have also been. <laughs> that's true. I yeah. It's in in a, in a way like they should. They I wish they could have shown that, but I understand why they. But couldn't. I'm glad also they did because like it's a children's thing. You don't want yeah. smoking thing. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, what about you? Any moments that you thought were particularly amusing in this one? Um, yes. I liked uh, when Pinky was watching the TV and he was saying the purple guy was in love with the red guy. Or <laughs> oh, I'm having a good time too, Brain. I'm binge watching this new show. The purple one's in love with the yellow one, but the green one keeps getting in the way. It's so dramatic. Which, uh. now that I think about it, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. This is the ni- this is 1953 and they have color television. Well, he's a senator. He's uh, got state of the art. He's already got like <laughs> state of the art mechanical suits in his office. He's going to have color TVs in there too. I mean, sure. that's the thing that 1953 they also didn't have mechanical suits in there too. So. 
Uh, <laughs> um, I like the whole no name thing. It's kind of a fun little something, um, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, it, it was it was definitely there. There were moments. I mean, Pinky. I think the moments that stood up for me were just the general, just when a Pinky would say something, brain brain responding, like just little. I would uh-huh. call them chemistry moments between the two. Truth uh, is just lies that haven't been repeated enough. Is that what? Yes, that's one that's uh, that's was amusing. I th- which sure. I've ha- if I actually have heard. Uh, it's true on the news actually a few <laughs> times when they're dealing with politics these days. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was nice to see that kind of mirrored in this cartoon. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I've heard some people say that some reporters say that a few times dealing with some stuff now these days. Well, at any rate, uh, let's. I guess let's go ahead and wrap things up with the last segment. Unless anybody has anything to say more about Pinko and the Brain. No. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and wrap things up with our last segment here: Math Terpith Theater Apples. And Math Terpith Theater Apples was written by Jess Latcher and it was directed by Adriel Garcia and in this one this is a dramatic math lesson uh I dot of course is opening her math book and she reads out the tale of betrayal involving a poverty-stricken woman who had 5 apples but lost 3 or, right? No, she had lost two. Lost two. Lost two. And then how many apples does she have? So then it goes into this big thing showing this woman like running through the streets of England being chased by a constable. And um, she gets this dramatic monologue like, I'll always fight. Yada, yada, yada. And now she has two apples. No, three. Three apples. Apple. You're how terrible at math. I'm, math. I'm bad at math <laughs> piece theater. Well, and then it goes into like, on the next time we'll be doing a train going to collide with another train. Train A is leaving 40 miles per hour at this time. Yeah. Train A, traveling 40 miles per hour, left the station at 2.45. Heaven help us! That was that. I kind of rushed through that and didn't really pay that much attention to it because, quite frankly, (laughs) I didn't find it funny at all. I thought this one was... Quite frankly, when we were originally going over the episode episode descriptions and it talked about Dot with a math lesson, I, for some reason, thought this was going to be another math song. And my expectations were were definitely not met with this one (laughs) because I didn't really see anything really funny. I thought this was, I guess, at most mildly amusing. Um, I thought the animation style was being changing was different and that was interesting uh it looked i I will say for all the segments in this the animation looked a lot more fluid just in general than it did in the first two episodes that we've seen um so that was nice that the animation looked fluid and flowed nicely but it certainly wasn't really funny i was just like hmm okay that was pretty much my reaction but what did you guys think about it i don't care about me what about you let's start with you nathan what do you think Kind of reminded me of Lay Miz when she's running away because she stole some apples to feed her family or something, you know. That didn't happen in Lay Miz. Well, he stole a loaf of bread, right, or something. 
that what it was? Yes. I might think of Aladdin. <laughs> Reminds me of Aladdin. Stolen in both. Yeah. Street rat. And he also stole apples in Aladdin. So it reminds me of Aladdin. <laughs> a lot of stealing of bread and apples. Yeah. Let's just watch Limits or Animals. I think that would be a better mm. spend of our time. Rond, but rond. <laughs> and I also wanted to hear the rest of the math uh, thing at the train A, leaving at 245, going 40 miles an hour. And I was like, yeah, and? And then it just ended. And I was like, yeah, I would kind of want to figure really out. They didn't really do the rest of the – I guess they couldn't because – but that I don't know. They didn't need to give us an answer. They could have given us a question. Hold the question. What will happen? Yeah, they just kind of. Yeah, that's true. They kind of left half the joke laying there. Like that's not the joke. The joke is the other one is coming towards you. Not that it's just a yeah, train exactly. is moving. All it is is a train A leaving at two forty five, traveling forty miles an hour. So it's like, oh, maybe so, you say what time does it reach its destination? That's yeah, but why would the guy be freaking out? Away. I don't know. I was upset they didn't finish the question. I was just like, I'm like, this is this is funny. It's almost funny. Uh, just give me the question because then I I can do math in my head and it's fun. Math is fun. Nathan, it was a math. piece of paper and do Nathan, math. What was what what did you minor in again? Math. Yeah, of course you think math is funny, Mister. I minored in math. <laughs> Jeez. Well, <laughs> uh, Kelly, anything in this one that you thought was uh amusing anything that wasn't mentioned i am just watching it with the the math problem and stuff it reminded me of um, when i was a kid my brother was really into the show called square one oh yeah i remember that they had like these little they had little segments in the show and and they had math net at the end of it which was kind of like a dragnet and they had you know um People investigating things, and I it just kind of reminded me of that. I do. I remember Square One. They had, I think, a lot of imp- like actors that were just uh, comedians slash you know improvisers or something like that. And uh, it was a funny show. I, it was one of my favorite shows actually growing up. I usually didn't understand any of the math concepts they were talking about, but <laughs> they, there was some amusing skits that they did. So, yeah, if it yeah. reminded you of something funny, then I guess that's that's good. Yeah, I, at least I understood the math in this because, you know, I'm an English major, so it's like, oh, okay, I know how many apples she has left. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to do the train one, but definitely the apples one. I got that one. Well, <laughs> let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. <laughs> What do you guys think out of five? Bleh, I can't even say the word five. What out of five water towers? How <laughs> so many good at math? <laughs> I know. How many water towers would you give this episode? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. All right. So based on the first episode being uh, three water towers, I'm going to give this one two and a half water towers. Um, I think I like the first one a little bit more than this one. First one had a song. Or two songs, actually. And this one didn't have any songs. Um, Pink in the Brain was funny. Um, The Olympic one uh, is fine, I guess. You know, like, (laughs) I don't have anything real bad to say about it. But uh, I think I just like the first episode and the second episode more. So two and a half for this one. All right. And Kelly, what about you? This one has been my least favorite so far. Um, So I think my previous scores were five and four yeah oh i guess i will give it a three okay 
And I have to agree, this is my least favorite of the ones that we've seen so far. And I think so far my lowest has been 2.5 for the first episode, right? Yep. I'm tempted to give this one a 1.5, but I'm going to be generous and I'm going to give it a 2. Because there were moments in this that I thought were amusing. (laughs) Did I ever laugh out loud verbally? No. Um, Do I think that the first one with the Olympics should have been cut drastically? Yes. (laughs) It just didn't make me laugh, and it does. But at least, at least the characters felt more like genuine to their yeah. At least the they felt more in character. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But the segments themselves just weren't funny. Like that Mathurpiece theater was a complete waste of my time. I could care. You didn't learn anything. You I don't even remember. Anything. I don't even remember the numbers. I don't know. How Five minus two. You didn't even know oh, what that was. Man. And they're written right in front of me. But that shows just how uh, <laughs> how disconnected I was from this this by the time I got to that last one, I was just like, oh man. I was really hoping for something to kind of like pick it up. Like a song would have been perfect to like, okay, let's get mm-hmm. the energy boosted up. But instead it just kind of peters out to like blah. <laughs> just uh nothing nothing really uh funny. Amusing stuff, sure, but funny, eh. Maybe for some people, not for me. <laughs> Well, so there we go. Hopefully uh, they don't get any lower than this one for me, but we shall see. Well, let's go ahead. I think we should get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people reach you online? Oh, Joey, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Django FT, that's me. And Kelly, what about you? Also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right, and as for the Animaniacast, we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And, of course, you can uh, head on over to Animaniacast.com or you can see our RetroZap archives of all of our episodes. We're a proud member of the RetroZap Podcast Network. And if you would like to talk to us and other RetroZap podcasters and writers, then head on over to our Discord channel. You can get a welcome link by going to discord.animaniacast.com and that way you can talk to any of us including all the other folks at RetroZap, so you can talk about anything pop culture that you want in a very positive place, which is very rare these days, I think. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. You win this time, Gump! But I'll have the last laugh. Ha! Ha ha! Dang it!